Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, it is January the 19th, and we are working on our 16-point massive action plan. And this is for agents who are new in the business, but I have to say most of the comments I've been getting, the texts and whatnot, have been from people returning to the business. Yes. Yes. And they've been saying things like, I wish I would have done that three years ago, or I should have listened to you guys when I heard you say that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So yes, this is originally we wrote this designed for specifically new agents, but this is applicable to anybody in the real estate industry. And it does sort of, I think, gives you a level um, way of thinking about where you're going to be making uh, the most opportunity or creating the most opportunity to help the most people, obviously, to make yourself the most amount of money. And I'm going to give you guys a little prequel into another topic that Julie and I are creating. We are uh, revising and updating our top, dare I see, 50 sources of listing leads. Possibly 50, at least 40. So we're going to go through and we're making a list of all the different places from the least effective to the, I'm sorry, from the most effective to the least effective way of generating listing leads primarily. Um, And I want to, Julia, I don't want to get too far off our topic today, but I don't know if you saw this. Actually, I'll post to pulling it up. I'll just summarize it. There was an Inman article and they Mm -hmm. were talking about the fact that um, Zillow now is, has national IDEX search portal. You Mm -hmm. familiar with what I'm talking about? Okay, and I know you were familiar with that part, but did you read the article by chance? What? Oh, okay, got it. So in the, here's the interesting thing is that in the article, they are actually not referring to agents as uh, buyer's agents. In other words, the agents on the buyer side of the transaction, okay. they're, they're basically have given them the, uh, their label is some sort of like showing agent or something like that, but not in a sense that you would uh, clearly understand what they're referring to. And I'm telling you that is a window into how they're actually thinking. We talked about this two weeks ago, and I mentioned this again, and we've been warning all of you guys this uh, for at least the past two years. The reality of it is, is that these companies, Zillow and Open Door specifically, they're going to try to figure out a way to reduce, if not eliminate, the buyer side commissions. I know this is not a popular topic in the halls of real estate, and I know people don't want to think about this, but it does seem like the writing's on the wall. And Julie and I had pointed out that there was what in Atlanta and Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. They were test- primarily Atlanta is the lowest they've tried. Right. So what they so you finish the story. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a great article that we posted maybe a month ago where the research had been done not just uh, Zillow, but Open Door, and I think one other, where they were all systematically, even at the same time, the same quarter, testing out how low they could actually drive down the buyer side commission. And Zillow in particular, I believe it may still be going on, it might have been ending fourth quarter last but, year, but they had driven it down to 2%. No, it was less than was 2%. Was it less? Maybe, yeah. maybe they were down to 1.5%. But, but it's not just like a random thing. They're actually studying it. So um, what they're doing, again, is they're 
co-oping or offering to co-op on their listings, on their iBuyer listings that they're now putting back for sale. Um, and some markets are looking to see how low they can go before it uh, adversely affects their ability to sell the house. Yeah. And what they've discovered, now granted, this is a hot seller's market, but what they've discovered is the number might be 2% or less. Um, now, why are they doing this? Because when you look at their balance sheets, when you look at their public filings, because these are all publicly, fi- you know, public uh, companies, you can see very clearly that their single biggest line item is the buyer agent commission. And if they can eliminate that, they immediately increase their profit margins. And matter of fact, in one of the Zillow uh, earnings calls, they actually specifically said that in a very elegant and yes, eloquent way. Yes, it's not just because we're saying it. They've right. actually publicly said this. Right. And so now you have a couple things going on. Zillow is a national broker. Zillow is obviously flipping houses. You can assume these other companies are uh, open door and whatnot are also going to open up national brokerages in the formal sense. And so there's going to be a rush to the bottom on what they can uh, what they can get away with co-oping on the buyer agent side. Again, not a topic you guys want to know about or you're necessarily even wanting to hear, but at least now you have the opportunity to prepare for the inevitability of that being the thing that starts to uh, be the, you know, the next topic du jour. And you guys watch six months from now, everyone's going to say they're caught by surprise. You're out with your super hot buyer and all the brokerages in your market, except for a handful, were offering, you know, less than 2% commission. And and you had no choice, and all of a sudden you now have taken a third cut in your pay uh, because you're on the buyer side of the transaction. We always go back to the fact that if you want to last in this industry, you've got to learn how to be a powerful listing agent. And if there was no better motivation <laughs> for those of you who are uh, steadfast in being buyer's agents, please take what we're saying as your official notice that the buyer agent business model as being it's, you know, that's what you specialize in is no wrong, longer really going to be relevant, or at least it does appear that the market is going to essentially drive down buyer agent commissions. Now you're saying to yourself, Open Door and Zillow, they're just two companies. They're not even in my marketplace. Place and who wants to sell their house cheap and all of the rest of it. But what you're missing is the over the overarching thing that this is going to trigger. If all of a sudden sellers in general start listing their houses with Zillow, and these are resale listings, these aren't even flips, and they're not being asked or in many cases essentially told to co-op a certain amount for the buyer agent commission if they're now being told, well, you know what, you can co-op nothing or you can co-op $500, you can co-op 1%, whatever you want to co-op, Mr. Seller. Uh, and that's not the way the business has traditionally been done. I think we can all agree to that. Uh, it obviously was always in the control and the decision of the seller, but at the end of the day, there was a market expectation for the buyer agent commission being a certain amount. So now when these companies, you know, tech companies enter into the fold and they're starting to produce or create for the marketplace sellers an opportunity to pay less, they're going to use that as a competitive advantage to get sellers to list with them. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? Are you following So it's important that you understand when the tech companies start doing it, the more traditional companies are going to have to follow in order to stay competitive with the tech companies. This is how these things, this is how all the stuff's going to sort out, except on the listing side. Mm -hmm. Now you can say, Tim, they can cut the commissions on the listing side all they want, but that's true. But when you're on the listing side of things, there's so many more opportunities for you to actually have real market share. You never have market share as a buyer's agent. You never have control as a buyer's agent. And, you know, Take all of the reasons that we just said, plus more that the simple fact that it's harder to find houses for your your uh, you know your buyers, and maybe this is your year where you decide to become a powerful listing agent. So if you're a new agent, I want you to also remember you don't have to wait to become a listing agent. 
We teach you right out of the gates how to focus primarily on going after sellers. And if you're one of these agents that's thanking us for you know reminding you of the things you should have done when you first got into real estate, I'm going to suggest uh, you probably have also been addicted to working with buyers, have never developed a skill set to go after sellers. Make this your year to become a listing agent. Every one of you should be a listing agent is the takeaway from this. Now, I know we're broadcasting now to potentially probably 15,000 people. And how many people will actually listen to our warning? You're not dealing with a lot of potential new competition when you're becoming a listing agent because most people won't take the time and they'll stay in this opportunistic opportunistic mode, which is generally speaking going to keep them looking on short-term opportunities opposed to long-term business like a listing agent would. Does this make sense, Julie? It does. And I would even go so far to say the longer you take to become a powerful listing agent, not just a dabbling listing agent that just kind of takes repeat business now and then, but somebody who can actively control the amount of listings that they have at any given time, the longer you take to get there, the longer it's going to take for you to find your true success. Right. You're just delaying it. Exactly. So might as well give up and make it your primary goal this year. And another thing, and I'm sorry for being, well, I'm not sorry for being direct with you. <laughs> I, that was a lie. I'm not sorry for being direct with you. You guys expect us to be direct with you. Yeah. So I'm going to be direct with you again. As these uh, open door type companies enter in the marketplace and, uh, you know, and Zillow offers and, it, you know, all these, and there'll be others as well. As they enter into the marketplace, what they're doing is they're just picking off the most motivated price to sell listings. These are the sweet listings that have been traditionally going to investors, but not every time. And so this is the this is the mistake that some of you guys are making mentally. You're assuming that the only listings these guys are getting are the, you know, hard to sell houses that are in terrible condition. Maybe that's where they start, but that is not where they'll end because they'll start getting more and more listings. Why? Because the houses will be reconditioned, they'll be put back for sale, they'll be very competitively priced, they'll be in great condition, and then the buyer that's buying that house is probably going to have a house to sell, and then now Zillow's back and Zillow's firmly in the resale business. You guys get it? This is the easy way for them to basically gobble up market share super fast. If you're not associated with a broker that can match Zillow and Opendoor and all these other iBuyer companies toe-to-toe, uh, with offering an iBuyer type program, how are you going to compete? Now, look, if you're in the middle of nowhere, USA, um, you know, that you probably have longer time than to adapt to these new market forces than if you're in LA, for example, or, you know, even certain parts of Atlanta and whatnot. I get it, but don't hide your head in the sand because this applies to every single one of you. You have to be associated with a broker that makes it so you have an equal amount of tools in your toolbox when you go to talk to that seller as these iBuyer type companies do. If you don't, you're going to be obsolete. And if you don't, frankly, you won't even have a shot at the listing. I hope you guys are realizing how potentially, I don't want to say, I was going to say destructive, but it's not destructive. I, I will say- Disruptive. Disruptive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How potentially disruptive all these companies could be. Um, so definitely take a hard look at eXp Realty because eXp Realty is the only company I know that gives you agent um, a seat at the table for these conversations. And you then will have the same tools that these big iBuyers do because you will have your own iBuyer program that keeps the listing with you. So imagine right now, you didn't take, you you know, have a seller that you're meeting with at the listing table and you tell them a price and 
you know, your plan A, Mr. Sellers, we put the house for sale retail and this is the price. And after two weeks or whatever, if you want to then take it to the, our iBuyer, um, what's it called at the express offers. express offers, then we can do that. And here's your offer. So Mr. Seller, I'm giving you a plan A, we retail it and I'm giving you a plan B. We essentially sell it to the investor. So you have a choice right now. And I mean, Mr. Seller and you guys, if you can't offer options like that for the sellers, you're not, like I said, you're not going to get the listing and you're probably not going to get a seat at the table. But if you do have that as a, a competitive listing tool, how is an agent without the those tools going to compete with you. They can't. So this is the reason you need to take a hard look at eXp Realty. And yes, Julie and I are with eXp Realty. Yes, Julie's license is with eXp Realty. Yes, we'd like to sponsor you at eXp Realty. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. You can tell yeah. I've had a lot of calls today. It calls and caffeine. Yeah, calls yes. and caffeine, right. Uh, and I would say it can also even happen in the reverse. We've had many cases where coaching clients have said, and these are all EXP agents reporting back, where they they did get the call, but the initial pre-qualification, the seller said, well, I'm going to see what kind of offer Zillow gives me first. And then our EXP totally. colleagues were able to say, well, I can have one to you in the next 24 hours. How's that sound? Exactly. Instead of, okay, well, let's wait and see what Zillow says. Right. You know, and, but so that, it can, they can lead with that. Some sellers just want to know up front what the offer would be. But Julie, this is totally not what we're going to talk That's about. Okay. But what you said, I've seen, and I've been reading about that too. Mm-hmm. And agents have their heads up their, well, hold on. I was going to say up their butts, but no. Agents have their head in the sand. Yeah about how essentially disruptive this is going to be. Yeah, and I think it's going to actually get worse. I think you're going to see more companies with that. And totally. they're also getting more creative because they'll build in time frames for the seller to find a house. Yep. Or they'll allow the seller to lease back to them. They have a lot more flexibility than the average agent who, who only has, I'm sorry, we don't do that. Right. So they're not, they're, what they're doing is they're using tools that are more consumer centric to basically uh, hand conventional and traditional real estate its butt. And now they're doing it in small little nibbles at first, but everything starts as a small little nibble. I mean, look at eXp Realty. Five, six years ago, it had 500 agents. And now at the end of this year, it might have as many as 100,000. That was a small little nibble that started becoming big, big bites. And that's what these iBuyers are going to do. We talked about it again. We talked about this two years ago when Open Door came to market. We We've been warning you guys for, I don't even know how many years, at least 10 years, that Zillow is going to get into the real estate business. All these things are playing out. So you've got to adapt immediately and you've got to associate yourself with people that are going to get you over the finish line and make it so you can continue to ascend in your real estate careers. And if you're finding what you've been doing is starting to not work as well, it's because the market forces have changed and you're not changing fast enough to adapt. Right. You might not even get the call in the first place because they beat you to it because their offer was more exciting. You know, there's a lot of different things. And I do want to clarify because this comes up when agents are examining the express offer with the XP. It's not your money. You're not the investor. No. Okay. So don't freak out and say, oh, well, right. I could never do that. It's it's different than the guaranteed sale program that some people have done. It's not your money. It's a pool of investors. It, that's a good point. And it's also worth drilling down on this very subtle point too, is if you're going to take your... Uh, if you are like going on a listing appointment and you're competing against a Zillow uh, agent who's also going to compete with that same listing, mm-hmm. and the Zillow agent essentially has already brought a cash buyer, they don't have to, con- you know, the, right. the seller doesn't have to do anything to fix up the house. Mm-hmm. The seller doesn't have to even worry about showings. And so the, um, you guys will not realize that the fact that the seller is taking less money means less to them than the convenience of basically having to sell the house with no hassle. So what we ask you guys to consider is these iBuyers, what they're doing is they are offering less to the seller 
you're assuming and you're making a mistake doing this that the seller, the most important thing to the seller is their net. It's usually not. It's the convenience. And so the reason that they've been willing to pay us commissions all these years is because we offer more convenience than them trying to sell it without us, right? And so what these iBuyers are doing is they're basically charging a, lar- a larger convenience fee, let's say that, mm-hmm. in the form of a discounted purchase price. But they're giving more convenience in They're giving more convenience, exactly. It makes sense. They're taking the hassle. They're making a seller's sell of the house virtually hassle-free. And that's something that most traditional real estate brokers aren't understanding. And again, I, I, so let's say they call a Zillow uh, agent out because that is what we're going to be competing against, listeners. And however many of you are still spending money with Zillow and you don't realize that they're going to eat your lunch is just mind-boggling. Yeah, just Google Zillow Homes and, and read up. By the way, guys, what happened to all your Zillow uh, reviews that our competitors were telling you to invest hours and hours in trying to get? What happened to all those? Have you looked at your Zillow reviews? They're all gone. Your home sales data is gone. They, if you if you want any clear evidence that Zillow is your competitor and they're not going to be a very nice competitor or you know a collaborative competitor, just look to see how they're positioning themselves. They're being smart business people. Are you? I mean, that's really the question. So if somebody in your marketplace, Zillow starts advertising, someone in your marketplace is a Zillow realtor and they go out there and they present the you know their iBuyer offer to the, the seller, the seller is going to say, no, that's too low. And you guys think that's the end of the conversation with Zillow. It's not. Now they're going to say, well, okay, let's do this. Let's just go ahead and get the house listed for sale retail. And after we, you know, if it doesn't sell after a certain amount of time, Mr. Seller, then we can uh, maybe look back at the uh, iBuyer offer and we can sell the house and make it more convenient for you. Do you see? And so what the industry, our industry is doing, it's thinking that the only offer that these iBuyers offer is going to be to the seller is essentially a discounted wholesale offer. And that's not how it's actually going to work. They're going to flip those wholesale offer uh, people into listings if they decide to not take the lower price. Traditional listings. Right. You know, non-flip, non, yeah. Exactly. And they're then going to most likely tell the seller, uh, because then the seller might say, well, I know Tim and Julie and, you know, they're, I know them and, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm just going to list with them if it's just a traditional seller. And if we're not adaptable enough and haven't, uh, what the, we're going to get our butts kicked too. Well, we don't list real estate anymore, but you get the idea. So what then Zillow is going to say is they say, well, listen, I know you're, you have options in the traditional listing side of the business, but we're going to make it so you don't have to pay as much on the buyer agent side. So we're still able to save you a commission. You guys get how this works. Um, so it's going to be incredibly competitive and it's going to be competitive more in more of these densely populated areas, but not in the future now. And I hope you are realizing that that is where the real battlefront is going to be. It's in the minds of the consumers, of the sellers, not the buyers, because the buyers, I promise you, the buyers are going to wake up one day. Uh, buyer agents are going to wake up very soon. And, and again, and mostly in these densely populated areas. And they're now going to have to learn how to convince the buyer why they should be paying the commission to uh, them for the sake of them helping them buy the house. That's what's going to happen. Julie, I know what time it is. I'm not writing this to you. Okay. What are you writing? Should I'm I tell reminding the listeners? myself when we do our, uh, you know, spokes of getting listings uh, to make sure that we talk I-buyer. about the iBuyer oh, because yeah. you just made a really interesting point that I hope that didn't fly by them, right? So the, the point of what Zillow and the other instant offer guys are doing is yes, they like to have inventory and do it and buying those and putting them back on the market is one way to do it. But it's lead generation, guys. That's what they're doing. Okay, that's it's just a lead generator. And but agents okay? think they're lead generating for the sake of selling the, that's the seller right. leads. No, they're, they're not they're lead generating for the sake of listings, right? Which they will either take on themselves or refer to an in-house Zillow Homes, for example, agent. 
which probably will then reduce or cut out the buyer side commission. So I'm making sure that I mention in our list of right. know, resources for getting listings. Now, I'll give you an example. One of our coaching clients has done a program like this for years. And one of the things it's done for him as a side benefit is they're doing two to three flips themselves per year. And they're always surprise deals, right? Where, you, you know, the last one, they, the uh, CMA said 300. He said, we'll give you 250. It de- didn't need hardly any work. You know, and then the coaching client ends up taking it on. Why did somebody do that? To your point originally at the top of the call, because the convenience of being able to relocate on their time frame was more important than that extra 50 grand. You know, honestly, considering Zillow a business partner is akin to inviting, uh, inviting a vampire over for dinner. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I mean, seriously, yeah. Mike Jules. Yeah. So, I mean. Th- I'm just pregnant. Let me finish writing. Go ahead. Yeah. So, anyway, the, you guys get the point here. And this wasn't what we were going to talk about, but. I, it just scares me, frankly, for so many of you guys that you don't realize how fast the market's changing and how uh, you're, you're digging in. I read all these comments and I realize where you know the zeitgeist is amongst the agents. And so many of you guys are doubling down on dumb. You're doubling down on the things that don't require any rejection. You're doubling down on things that are fun for you. You're doubling down on things that are, you know, they're work theater, basically. They're, they're things that keep you busy, but they're things, but it's not, and maybe even keep you in your mind productive but they're not profitable. You're still fighting with the reality or maybe no one's really kind of woken you up to the realization that in this industry, if you want to be relevant long-term, you have to earn the right to be relevant long-term every single day. And it is definitely in a lot of markets become way harder than it was 15 years ago to be relevant every day. And where you guys take your angst in this, you know, Mm -hmm. you're listening to what we're saying and maybe you're feeling motivated and then you think, well, I'm just going to go make a bunch of Facebook videos. I've actually heard people talking about on uh, Clubhouse, by the way, I've actually heard people talking about how they have this very, you know, disciplined schedule of producing social networking content every single day. You know, so many videos, so many posts, so many comments, so many likes. I just look at that and I wonder, look, I get it, that there's no rejection in that work. None. No real rejection. It's a creative venture and you're doing all this stuff like, and you guys are so focused on, you know, everyone's telling you, you need to create your online brand. Branding is the most important thing. You know, your brand is your only asset. But who are the people that are telling you that? The people that are telling you that are the ones that are trying to sell you the information on basically how important it is for you to have a brand, right? They're not the people who you want to be listening to. So you guys are just jumping into the deep end with all these sharks. And and then they're just, again, taking big bites of you out of you and you don't even realize it. So if you want to look, if you want to be relevant long-term in real estate, you've got to learn to do the real work of real estate and the real work of real estate. And I'm sorry for telling you this is going to involve rejection. And one of the best steadfast ways of test of gut checking yourself is just this simple question. What if your business, the minimum standard you had for your business every single day was hearing the word no at least five times a day? What if that was it? What if every single day you could not, you did, were not allowed to leave your office or wherever unless you actually put yourself in a position to hear no, you know, and more specifically, no from a prospective seller? In other words, making no the goal versus escaping hearing no the goal. Well, not no the goal as in getting rejected, but not trying to hide from the potential rejection. You have to have a certain amount of no's to get a yes. Right. Not every call you're ever going to make in your entire life is going to be wall-to-wall yeses. So we have a very, what would you call Zoe, rambunctious? I mean, you can think of so many adjectives for her, right? Yes. Um, So she is no surprise, uh, very headstrong, right? Anyone surprised? (laughs) So Zoe is very headstrong, and Zoe often has to be told the 
same thing about a thousand times. And we have, Julie and I have figured out basic ways to motivate her to listen to when we're trying to tell her something. And just for humor's sake, I'll tell you what the things are. First, we tell her no. And we might tell her no two or three times. She just turned seven. And then after that, we move to phase two, which is threatening to take Barbies. And so that's what I've been doing. So if she basically has some sort of infraction that merits the loss of a Barbie, it costs her one or two, three, you know, maybe four or five Barbies. Like, for example, she wouldn't clean her room last weekend. And so I made a deal with her. Well, Julie and I did that mama will clean Zoe's room, but it's going to cost her seven Barbies. Okay, so seven Barbies came out and Zoe dropped in my lap. She didn't want to clean her room. And Julie went in there and spent 10 minutes and cleaned up her room. And then Zoe told me later that she just figured that I'd just give her the Barbies back. And I said, I will, but you have to earn the Barbies back one at a time. Now, she didn't quite get that concept. So then uh, our 13-year-old French bulldog leaked a little bit on the floor. (laughs) And so there's a little dog pee on the floor. And maybe this is too much information for all you guys, but I'm going to make a greater point here in a second, I promise. And so... uh, uh, I asked Zoe to clean it up, to which, of course, she said no. And then I said, Zoe, I'll give you a Barbie of your choice if you clean up the pee. And after about five minutes of thinking about it, she decided maybe she would – she tried to negotiate with me, of course. Always. You know, she wanted it to be two or three Barbies. I stuck with one. She cleaned up the pee, and then she got a Barbie back. So it basically when she ha- asks us to do things or – or I'm sorry, when we have to ask her to do things as a punishment, we it's a one-to-seven Barbie ratio, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach her there's a cost for not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Most people don't ever realize that there's no direct cost to that because they never actually directly experience that. Most of you can get get through life. You like how I close that loop? Mm-hmm, that, that was good, good. right? Impressive. Most of you go through life and you never actually have to – you never feel the real negative ramifications of not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Most of our lives are completely nerfed up. But in Zoe's world, if she doesn't do what she's supposed to do, look, there's not going to be a lot of you know threatening and butt beating or we don't do that in our house. We just take Barbies. So Barbies is the, Barbies are the currency, and she's starting to realize it. And and hopefully you guys will start to realize it too. But the problem is, is that you're not realizing by not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, you are paying a price. But it's not, it's just not so apparent. And furthermore, you're surrounding yourself with people that reinforce the idea of you doing essentially taking time to do the uh, too much time to do things that will never put you in a position to help people and make money in real estate. Anything else you want to say about that? Yeah. Well, we talked about this a little bit this morning. Is that it's not that we're anti-social media. I mean, it's no. around us all the I time. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you've been on Clubhouse a bunch. Yeah. That's not the point. The thing that they have to get is that it is not instead of the right. real work of real estate. It's in support of. Right. Right? There's a big difference to that. It, it's not the core work. It's the support to the core work. Well, you're making the list of the most yeah. to the least effective ways to generate business. Yep. And what we're doing, obviously, is how – like it. Where is the easiest way for you to get in contact with a motivated seller today? You pick up a FISBO or expired, right? And there's others too. There's probably five or six other sources where you're going to find extremely motivated mm-hmm. sellers. But for sale by owners and expires, you pick up the phone, you call them, you're talking directly to a seller. So why wouldn't you just do that? Why would you spend so much time trying to create? Now, you're going to rationalize, oh, there's so many people going after them. Well, that might be true, but I have news for you. The people, when the, when you call a FISBO, for example, and the FISBO says, I've gotten 20 phone calls in the last two weeks uh, from people trying to whatever. Most of those calls will be from, from wholesalers, investors, and flippers. They're not going to be for other real estate agents because 99.999% of real estate agents have no clue how to actually, uh, you know, uh, prospect nowadays. None of them are learning it. More And more than that, 
they're not only not learning it, but it's actually being shunned upon by a lot of brokers. And why don't brokers tell the agents the truth about prospecting? Well, that answer is pretty simple too, because they don't want to tell agents to do things that might result in those agents having their feelings hurt, because as they learn a skill set on how to prospect, they're going to get rejected. Most people don't have the mental, emotional fortitude to survive even the slightest of rejections. They've lived their entire lives avoiding rejection. And so um, these brokers aren't going to tell them the truth, even if the the brokers know the truth to tell, which a lot of them don't. And so they tell them to do the silly ass stuff. The easy stuff that has is the least effective at generating business. So we're making a 40 to 50 point list of the most to least, um, you know, uh, effective, efficient, efficient and effective right ways to now I'll tell you number one and through probably number 20 require a hell of a lot more skill than the second half of the list. So you're going to have to make a decision to generate, uh, you know, essentially generate the skill set, learn the skill set. But if you look at, for example, I guarantee you, for our, assuming it's 50 points, you're going to see point 25 through 50, and we're going to tell you what the percent, how effective it is. Yeah, we're going to, we're not just going to give a, a list. We're no. going to have the bullet point and the discussion about it. Right. Like, why is it? I mean, why do you talk about for sale by owners and expireds? Well, there are obviously people wanting to sell their house. Okay, so most people would tell you that. But I like for sale by owners because there's a phone number and I like expireds because they've demonstrated a willingness to list. That puts them higher up in the food chain versus something that's like you got to chase them down. There's a lot of lead follow up. I mean, I, I put that even higher. I like probate leads, but probate takes more follow up. Right. So it doesn't rate quite as high on the list. And so it's everyone, logical. everyone loves to talk about leads and lead generation. That's the thing that every single real estate agent. I mean, at the bottom line, it's the lifeblood of your business. Yep. But not all leads are the same. And no one's, again, telling you that. Not all leads are the same. A lead you might get from a social networking, you know, something is not the same as a lead from a seller that has their hand up in the air right now wanting to sell the house. So if your goal is to help people and make money, why wouldn't you spend 90% of your time doing the things that's going to put you in the way of basically making money the quickest and 10% or no percent on the things that have a tiny percent uh, li- uh, likelihood of generating well, lead, let alone a closing? This, right. right. Well, I, I think... They, I think they... They kind of put all leads in a similar bucket, which right? they're not, and they're definitely not. I yeah. mean, there's still people teaching, you know, crank out a hundred just listed, just sold calls every day. Well, that's like calling the phone book. There's no reason to believe anybody on you that guys, list is going to do anything. You guys spent, you know, you have like two or three hundred people, or we have like you know five thousand people in our Facebook friends list. We were we had like Facebook account two two three. Julie and I were pre investors, uh, pre IPO investors in Facebook. So we had a very early Facebook account. So if I was a real estate agent, we had our Facebook account when we were real estate agent. Or did we? I don't remember. Anyway, here's the moral of the story. You guys then will go and spend money to advertise on Facebook to the people in your lists, right? That's what Facebook advertising essentially is. You can download your Facebook list and you can call them. Why would you spend money with Facebook to advertise to the people that are already on your list in Facebook? Why don't you just call them? Because you don't example. know because you don't know what to say. That's why. Because you don't have the skill set of what to say, or because maybe you're also fearful of uh, experiencing rejection. So I'm going to suggest to all of you before you guys go too far down this rabbit hole with regards to spending your time doing the wrong things in real estate, especially in 2021. That you really do take a breath, which I should be doing right now, and you ask yourself, are you on a path to more to profitability or and, and more production? Are you on a path to just basically taking, you know, essentially playing in real estate? 
you've got to really drill down and ask yourself what it is that you and why you originally got into real estate. And one of the things that we've created for all of you guys is a, a thing called the real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is your fill in the blank business plan. And your fill in the blank business plan works very simply. You just fill it, print it out, and fill it out. That's it. Okay. And it does require you to do some math. Just simply text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Go ahead and do that now. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link and you can download the Real Estate Treasure Map. And there is a series of podcasts from before the holidays um, that walks you through how to fill out every single one of those pages. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys, Julie? Get to work. Get to work. There you go. Simple enough, right? Get to work doing the things that are going to put you in a position to help people and make money. Exactly. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.